town with flags flying and bands playing, and made themselves at home for the winter. The fall of Philadelphia was a great blow to the Americans, for in those days it was the capital of the new nation. But George Washington's army was not strong enough to stop the British forces. Once the king's men were inside the city, the only thing the American general could do was see that they did not get into the countryside to do any mischief. So Washington led his men to Valley Forge, a place just a few miles from Philadelphia. There the American army could spend the winter. It could defend itself if attacked, and it could keep close watch on the British. It would have been easier to fight many battles than to spend that winter in Valley Forge. It was December, and there was no shelter of any kind. The soldiers bravely set to work, building huts for themselves. They made them out of whatever they could find— logs or fence rails or just mud and straw. The snow drifted in at the windows for they had no glass. The cold rain dripped through the roofs. The wind howled through every crack. There were few blankets and many men slept shivering on the hard ground. Sometimes they sat up all night, crowding around the fires to keep from freezing. Their clothing was worse than their shelter. The whole army was in rags. Many of the men had no shirts even more were without shoes. Wherever they walked, the snow was marked with their blood. Some cut strips from their precious blankets and wound them about their feet to protect them from the freezing ground. Food was scanty. Sometimes for several days the soldiers went without meat. Sometimes they went even without bread. Around the camp, the groans of men who were sick and starving filled the air. Every evening when the sun sank, the officers wondered if the army could hold together one more day. One cold day, a Quaker farmer was walking along a creek at Valley Forge when he heard the murmur of a solemn voice. Creeping in its direction, he discovered a horse tied to a tree, but no rider. The farmer stole nearer, following the sound of the voice. Through a thicket, he saw a lone man on his knees in the snow. It was General Washington, his cheeks were wet with tears as he prayed to the Almighty for help and guidance. The farmer quietly slipped away. When he reached home, he said to his wife, Hannah, my dear, all is well. The Americans will win their independence. George Washington will succeed. What makes thee think so, Isaac? she asked. I have heard him pray, Hannah, out in the woods today, he said. If there is anyone on this earth the Lord will listen to, it is this brave man. He will listen, Hannah, rest assured. He will. The farmer was right. When at last the harsh winter melted away and a soft green crept over the hillsides, George Washington's army still lived. Against all odds, it had outlasted the cruel Valley Forge snows. With new hope, the patriots marched away behind their brave commander to fight the British and win their freedom. The Sphinx, adapted from a retelling by Elsie F. Buckley, is a famous Greek myth that reminds us that heroes use their brains. It happened in times past that the inhabitants of Thebes were plagued by a very troublesome beast called the Sphinx.
This beast had the face and chest of a woman, but the claws of a lion and the wings of an eagle. It lay crouched on top of a rock, halting all travelers who passed by and posing a riddle. Those who answered it could pass safely, but those who failed were killed. And no one had succeeded in solving the riddle. One day, a traveler named Oedipus came to the seven-gated city of Thebes, where he found all the people in deep distress and mourning because of the terrible monster. Oedipus stood in the marketplace and talked with the citizens. "'What is this famous riddle that none can solve?' he asked. "'No one can say,' they answered, "'for he who would solve the riddle must go up alone to the rock where the monster sits.' There.